The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus prayed for his disciples, saying, I have made your name known to those whom you gave me from the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you have given me is from you, for the words that you gave to me I have given to them. And they have received them and know in truth that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I am asking on their behalf. I am not asking on behalf of the world, but on behalf of those whom you gave me, because they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I have been glorified in them. And now I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them in your name that you have given me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them in your name that you have given me. I guarded them, and not one of them was lost, except the one destined to be lost, so that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you, and I speak these things in the world, so that they may have my joy made complete in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. I am not asking you to take them out of the world, but I ask you to protect them from the evil one. They do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. As you have sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself so that they also may be sanctified in truth. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. We beseech thee, Lord, leave us not comfortless, but send to us thine Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. I'm uh, pretty certain that uh, many of you know... um, of a major feast day equal to Easter and Christmas, uh, which sort of like Rodney Dangerfield uh, doesn't get any respect. (laughs) And uh, I'm talking about the Ascension, which we celebrated last Tuesday, uh, Thursday, excuse me. And the, the placement of that feast day, always on a Thursday, not on a Sunday, is because of the decision by the early church that there should pass 40 days between Easter and the day of the Ascension. This is not, however, uh, scripturally ordained and has more to do with the habit of the church. And in fact, I would suggest for us to understand the Ascension a bit better, uh, we could do well to understand it as follows, that uh, the Ascension uh, was merely the completion of the experience of our Lord and Savior as he rose from the dead. The next step then, inevitably, 
would be his ascension to return to his father to uh, once again continue the work that he uh, had always done. And for that reason, perhaps, uh, it is more sensible to uh, think of it as a link to that. Um, if we're not entirely clear what it means, and I, I must put myself in that number, um, there's a uh, very straightforward uh, description in the book of Acts. Uh, on Ascension Day, as Jesus was being taken up into heaven, two men stood by the apostles in white garments, which, who said, You men of Galilee! Why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. That last sentence, a uh, re reference to when the Lord Jesus Christ returns uh, at uh, the end of the world. But we still hear pretty amazing things and... Um, from what I can tell, despite all their preparation and months and months and years of being with Jesus, perhaps they don't just understand this. What they're looking at uh, is more of the pyrotechnics uh, of the event, that it's this phenomenally powerful event. And sometimes when people see that, they're likely to gawp. You know, gawp, G-A-W-P, that means you sort of, look around and your mouth, your jaw drops, but you don't really think too much about anything except wow, you know? And um, that's what uh, the uh, disciples are being reminded against. It is a natural, a natural thing perhaps to do, but no, they're not supposed to do that. They're supposed to get their heads down on the level of the ground or at least looking across it and see what they need to do. And what they need to do has a great deal about what the rest of the church needs to do, whose feast day is on the next week, on the, on the Pentecost, where all people around are able to speak the same language, and they come to a commonality of purpose, which is that God is Lord. And that really is felt to be the birthplace of the, of the early church. Um, however, uh, I think that it would be fair to say that uh, the business of being, once you're filled with the Spirit, and even having been told what to do, um, you might really need a good deal more than that. And there's a, a wonderful uh, reading which uh, we, uh, uh, we read several, uh, several months ago, uh, and it goes like this. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being shut where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, they were, the, he, the, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Dear Lord, 
receive the Holy Spirit if you forgive those sins that are that any are forgiven or if you retain those sins, they will be retained. And I think the thing for me, um, knowing sort of human beings uh, failings and myself included, is that opportunity to have uh, Jesus inspire us. And of course, that's what the word inspiro means. Uh, And so Jesus breathes on these men and fills them uh, with uh, the Holy Spirit. And it enables them uh, to do things uh, and to dare to do things uh, even up to death, uh, which obviously they wouldn't uh, they wouldn't normally do. And so those uh, promises that they make um, potentially that they will uh, seek to serve God, even if that leads to danger, is um, it's confirmed uh, at uh, the Feast of Pentecost, which is next Sunday, as I said. Because there the church becomes uh, congeals into an actual uh, body led by the Holy Spirit, for which we uh, give thanks. The, the other thing, however, uh, is that this, this, this inspiration allows them uh, a lot of other opportunities, but mainly, mainly to have access not only to each other, uh, but to the Holy Ghost in the form of prayer. And that's a very real uh, component uh, of the early Christian church, people praying to the Spirit uh, for guidance, for strength, for uh, any number uh, of things. So that, that construct of them, them being ready and able to do those things uh, is a great thing. In our gospel this morning, um, which is a a challenging gospel not only to read, but to think about, um, there is much uh, which basically, I think, uh, says uh, Jesus is praying to his father on behalf of his disciples. And he says in all sorts of ways, um, they are mine. Even though they're in the world, they are mine. No matter what happens, they are mine. And so, dear Father, I pray that you can help them and strengthen them uh, in the work that they must do. And this long prayer is a a very uh, powerful comment about how um, intense our Lord was about making sure that at his departure... These men would be able, would be able to carry out his work. And heaven knows they've had a lot of exposure and they've hung in there from the very beginning, (coughs) trying to make sure that they do that. So this, in a way, is sort of uh, the the last of that, and it is punctuated uh, by the ascension. We go on, of course, to Pentecost a feast day that is full of the power of the Spirit. And the the disciples will feel at home with that. That is part uh, of their mission. And they will will truly rejoice in it. You know, I think for, for us, you know, hearing these words and sort of knowing, trying to figure out what we might do, I, I really think it's, uh, you know, the simpler the better. Um, sometimes, uh, you know, the devil just complicates things and uh, ends up 
with us doing things that are a little too complicated for our own good. Uh, and I, I, I don't know exactly what needs to be done, but I think all the I think sort of the human virtues that that we have are things to be aware of. In other words, that you may have an opportunity uh, to be kind to somebody, to do something uh, special for somebody with nobody around to see it except God. Perhaps uh, honesty, perhaps courage. There's so many of these traits um, which sometimes are hard for us. Forgiveness. You know, if we're uh, prideful, forgiveness is a terribly hard thing uh, to do. Uh, or to admit a, admit a mistake. That's hard to do. But I think that the way we make the most of the ascension is to understand that God is with us he is sort of the net under the high wire that we walk on. And that, that allows us to be daring enough uh, to do some of these simple things. Um, I, I think just compassion and mercy, these are words which have huge meaning. And I think they can be, they can be done with us. We can do those things. We don't have to do them in a dramatic way. But I think what happens is maybe once we start doing them, it begins to sort of catch like catching on fire. It, it, you know, you begin to say, well, you know, maybe I'll give this guy a break who just cut me off on Storo Drive. Um, you, you wonder why I bring that example up. <laughs> But, but anyway, so there are, there's so many things. And, and we get guidance about these things from Scripture, about, you know, Jesus saying things like turn the other cheek um, and how people need to be courageous and, and honest and all of those things. Um, I can remember uh, a, a story, which I, I think is true, by um, the great um, physician, William Osler, who frankly is known as the... Uh, physician of modern medicine, and uh, his practice spanned about 30 years from 1880 uh, to actually a little longer than 1925, something like that. And um, when he was uh, at Johns Hopkins, uh, he uh, had a special habit. He would greet the new interns and residents uh, on the ward. These are Nightingale wards, and uh, they were pretty basic. Um, and he would greet them there. And these are all very, very uh, bright people, um, very ambitious, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, he said to them, uh, what's the most important thing of all when you're caring when you're caring for patients? So one guy came up with, you know, that you'd, you know, be able uh, to give a special potion that would help. And another person said, oh, I know, I know the operation for you, you know, stuff like that. And he said, no, no, it's none of those things. He said, it's uh, when you're dealing with your patients, what you must do before all is uh, say a kind thing and say it first. I thought, yeah, that's that's a good thing. See, the doctor can actually, you know, 
do something like that, believe it or not. I mean, he can, you know, and uh, and that's within our grasp. And so you, you sort of understand. I mean, there are also tendencies for us not to do things and avoid things and et cetera, et cetera. And that's part of us, too. But we can maybe appeal to our higher nature. And that's where I think the ascension comes in, because Jesus is taking everything with him. And yet he's leaving everything behind. And uh, in doing so, in in trying to do his will in this way, uh, I think we're honoring him. And you know what? Honoring ourselves, honoring ourselves, because so often we get kind of wrapped up in either ourselves or, you know, money problems or relationship problems. And and sometimes maybe there's a way out of them that's a godly way out. And uh, I suggest to you that there are, you know, you have to have to search for them. Um, So. uh, Ascension Day is not a nothing. It's a very important day in the church's history. And it's true. Ten days from now is a big feast day and and all of that. Um, But we must remember that Jesus uh, did not leave us comfortless. Uh, Actually, interestingly enough, the word comfortless in its archaic form means to strengthen. And, And, you know, I never understood the comfortable words uh, that we said before uh, the uh, communion in the old prayer book, the comfortable words, they're not comfortable words, particularly if you read them. And you say, what is this? They're not, they're not comfortable words at all. They are words intended to strengthen and guide those people who so wish to be in that situation. So that's ascension. And we pray that we can be led uh, by our Lord, our, our Father, as he moves into heaven. And so uh, a comment just at the end about maybe something that we might be able to do. Sky gazers must doers be, and then the stuff of common clay to that bright vision which they see. Amen. Right.